0: I'm your host, Aaron Rittmaster. Welcome to the Man Cave, where we're recording the Diz Dads podcast, episode number 16, Value Resort Reviews. With me tonight are Mark Pratt, Pratt Pack on the boards.
1: Good evening, everybody.
0: Steve Bratton, Bratosa on the boards. Hey, gang. And Matt Birchfield, 10 Dead Fish on the boards. Hey, everybody. So this is the first in what will be a multi-part series of episodes that will cover all of the resorts on the Walt Disney World property. Tonight we're going to talk specifically about the value resorts, um, the all-star resorts, which is sort of a complex of uh, three resorts, and then the Pop Century Resort, and maybe even look at a little preview of the Art of Animation Resort. The other thing we're going to do tonight is talk about the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. Um, I had the opportunity to go to the party last week with my family and so thought we would do a, a brief review of this year's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party. But uh, to lead off this evening, we wanted to kind of give you an overview of what the value resorts at Walt Disney World have to offer. So. Um, Matt, why don't you start with giving us a, a little bit of background of you know, what you might expect at a, a value resort at Walt Disney World?
2: Okay. Um, one of the things that the value resorts have in common is that they all have an open food court area, and you know, some of the, the moderate resorts and on up, they have a separate dining area for sit-down meals, and they also have uh, some counter service but the, uh, the value resorts mainly focus on the, uh, the food court type dining now you're still gonna have a large selection of food there I mean it's not just you know just pizza or, or hamburgers you know but uh, they'll have uh, you know pasta or uh, a dessert bar something like that and uh, usually also have uh, the drink stands and everything else uh, one of the things I do keep in mind about that is that if you are going to be eating at the food court Uh, is to get there early uh, if you plan on going to the parks early because everyone else is going to be there too. So the earlier you can get in and get your food and sit down then the better because they do fill up rather quickly.
0: Yeah. And I, I, you know, I do want to speak up a little bit for the the restaurant option in the value resorts while it can be crowded. um, My impression is that there's really a better selection of uh, food items available in the value resorts than you might find in most of the moderate or uh, deluxe resorts. Just you know, because of the way they're set up, you've got multiple stations, and uh, so there are a variety of different kinds of food that's always available, as opposed to the uh, you know, counter service options in the more upscale resorts that tend to focus on a particular kind of food exactly uh, so what are some other things that are common to all of the value resorts and steve something you can think of that's kind of common to all of the value resorts
3: well from what i remember the value resorts they tend to have multiple pools um i know that all star music i think has three pools if i'm not mistaken um i think pop century is the same um Whereas some of your moderate resorts, they, they have just one large one or sometimes two. Um, you know, with the value resorts, you tend to get larger families or larger parties or more kids. So they spread out that, that volume of guests to uh, the multiple pools that way. So it's not as crowded.
0: Okay, that's an interesting perspective. Um, and then, uh, Mark, anything you would want to add about some things that are common to all of the value resorts?
1: i I think all the value resorts you know they all have a theme of course and nothing is is scaled down its Disney everything is huge and really bright colors and it's it's really there a lot of fun actually the the value resorts for those that you know that don't normally stay at the values it it really is something that you should consider because well one thing the value hence the name um, it's cheaper and you know but with that you you do get you know more families and more kids so you got to be aware of that as well but it's a lot of fun at the value resorts I think our families enjoy them
0: yeah, a couple of things that I would point out that are common to all of the value resorts and things you ought to take into account when you're making your decisions. Uh, the, the price point is one thing. Uh, I think you're talking in, in a, a range from sort of the least expensive you'll find them to most expensive. Uh, you'll find them in, in a range of around, uh, you know, between 85 and $120 or so a night is, is probably a, a, about the range. And, um when you compare that to what you would pay in a a moderate or a deluxe resort, you know, there's a real substantial savings involved there. Um, The other thing is, in the rooms themselves, the moderate resorts at Walt Disney World, and I'm sure we'll talk about this more when we start reviewing those resorts, but uh, the moderate resorts are in the process of moving to um, queen-size beds, The value resorts, however, still have uh, two full-size beds in most rooms, and then there are a few rooms with a a single king bed. So, uh, you know, sleeping quarters are a little tighter, but, you know, I don't think you could fit two queen beds in a a value resort room because the room is a bit smaller. Uh, If you're going to be spending most of your time in the park and the room is, you know, just a place to sleep when the, uh, you know, night's at its end, why Why pay for empty space? So um, those things are, are common to all the values. Oh, and the, the one last thing I wanted to make sure to point out is that the value resorts, interestingly, also probably do the best job of isolating you from outside noise, because all of the value resorts rely on um, exterior entries, sort of motel style, uh, where, you know, you you're, your room doesn't open to an interior, interior hall and uh, as a result they've got nice heavy doors that do a good job of isolating you from outdoor sound um, and I know that uh, the unofficial guide for example that does actual metered testing for sound finds that the value resorts score at the top of the list in terms of sound isolation so um, they do a nice job with that let's go ahead and talk specifically now about the uh, all-star resort complex and the all-stars are a sort of mega complex of three separately themed resorts each one is is pretty much self-contained but one of the nice things about them is that if you're staying at any all-star resort you're welcome to use the amenities at any of the all-star resorts So, uh, I know that everybody who's on the panel tonight has stayed at an All-Star Resort. And so, why don't we just kind of go around and and people can talk about, you know, some of the things that they like, some of the things they considered in making a decision to stay at uh, an All-Star Resort. Uh, So, I'm going to start with uh, Steve, who doesn't know I was going to call on him first. But, uh, Steve, what what was one of the reasons that you chose an All-Star Resort and and which All-Star have you stayed at?
3: we've stayed at uh, we stayed at All Star Music a lot when we went down um, then Pop Century came into, into existence and we stayed there the last few trips before we purchased in the DVC the reason why we chose the values is that we used to tour commando style we were in the parks you know sun up to past sundown it was go 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 so really we weren't there for the resort amenities we were there for having fun in the parks and then coming home and crashing in the bed and then going out to the parks the next day. So to us, it really didn't make a lot of sense to spend all the extra money for the nice resort with the spa and and the the table service restaurants and, and all the extra amenities that you get with that. It was just, I need a bed to sleep for a few hours and then I'm back in with Mickey.
0: Okay, and uh, Matt, how about you? What What about which all stars have you stayed at, and, and why choose an all star resort?
2: I've stayed at uh, the Pop Century, uh, all star movies, and the uh, all star music. Um, we stayed there the first couple of times we were just getting into uh, into Disney. Uh, my daughter was you know four or five years old at the time, and I had just gotten out of the military, so we were we were going along the value route there for a little while. And, you know, it, like Mark said earlier, you know, everything is just so huge there. And, you know, the the movies especially. I think we stayed in Fantasia and uh, I think Toy Story. And, you know, the kid, you see her coming out there and they've got these huge statues of Woody and Buzz and, you know, all the characters, R.C. sitting out there in the, the little walkways. And it's just amazing for her to play with them. You, you just see her eyes light up whenever you go there. So... Um, we stayed at the All-Star Music. Uh, my wife and I went down just on a, a short trip for us for a couple days. And, you know, and like Steve was saying, we were going kind of commando style because, it was, you know, it was just us. And we we're trying to do all the things that you can do without your kids. So we ended up staying there and, and had a good time.
0: Okay. And, uh, Mark, how about you? Which All-Stars have you stayed at? And uh, why would you recommend uh, an All-Star or uh, one of the uh, All-Star resorts?
1: We stayed at the All Star Movies as well as Pop, and the reason why we chose that was because it was the first time that we took the entire family down uh, to Disney World, and it was you know we we're kind of blown away by the pricing. So we figured you know what, let's just stay at the the, the All Stars, and the movie was the one that we chose out of the out of the three All Stars because of just because of the Toy Story and because of the pool, you know what the mickey with the fantasia you know with the fountain spurt into the water and just the hugeness of it all so we really like um all-star movies our kids even when they got into the room they were just you know so overamped on disney that even the smallest things like the lights in the rooms was a popcorn box you know like you would get the movies the right. old paper ones until you turn the light on then it was a light but as soon as you turn the light off, it looked like a popcorn box because of the way that it was shaded. So, I mean, silly things like that. Being able to walk into Andy's room as a toy, you know, the size of a toy with everything so huge. You know, Buzz's or Woody's boot was taller than any of them were. Um, you know, and be able to jump on the giant checkers on the chessboard or checkerboard. Uh, it was just, it was really neat. The kids really liked it. And Pop, you know, we'll get to that. But, um, All-Star Movies was, was our choice, and we really liked it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just got back from our trip uh, where we stayed at All-Star Music, and uh, I have to say that, you know, I, I, w- I was a little nervous about it first. I was concerned about, you know, uh, I'm I'm kind of spoiled in that we uh, we have an airbed at home, and when I travel for work, I'm usually able to stay and, uh, you know, starwood hotels where i've got where i collect points and they do the whole heavenly bed thing so you know i'm kind of spoiled when it comes to beds and i was a little nervous about sleeping in you know full-size beds with regular springs and all that and then i sat down on one for the first time and was even a little nervous there because i sat on it could kind of feel the springiness but you know what laying down on it to sleep it was perfectly comfortable That was a a, I was I was surprised and impressed, Um, and I agree the kids love the oversized icons. Um, My son is a a music freak. Uh, I don't know that there are a whole lot of uh, four-year-old jazz fans, but uh, he was incredibly thrilled when he was walking up to our building and saw these immense. You know, three-story-tall saxophones and uh, the the huge drum set that was in front of the uh, sort of atrium area that uh, at the center of the the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that the you know for our purposes it, it was similar. We were mostly kind of commando touring this last trip, and. The resort gave us what we needed. Um, the kids enjoyed playing in the, in the pool. The afternoon, we kind of took off from touring. Uh, the food court served us well. Um, there were some days that were a little crowded, but that was our own fault for, you know, planning not as, as carefully. Um, and even when it was crowded, they did a pretty good job of moving a large volume of people through there pretty quickly. And we never had a situation where we couldn't find a place to sit. The, there was always plenty of room. Now I will say, you know, it's not per, the, the value isn't for everybody. It wasn't necessarily a you know a perfect experience. Um, I think that you do hear more uh, noise sometimes from other rooms when you're in a, in the value resort. At least uh, I th- seem to notice that at all stars. Um, you know, we only had a couple of nights where it was an issue, but uh, you know there was a kid upstairs who liked to run back and forth in the room, and I think we heard every step but that was the exception not the rule and the pools are well themed um as mark mentioned the fantasia pool at at movies at music it's the three caballeros um in the in the main pool the none of the pools in the in the value resorts have slides but my kids didn't miss a water slide at all they had plenty of fun playing in the just the regular uh you know pool and messing around with that fountain anybody else have anything to add about all-stars
1: I think one of the things you got to remember about the All-Stars is that it draws the families. So you're going to have a lot of kids there. Uh, That was, you know, and that's not a drawback, I don't think. You're at Disney. That's what it's there for is for the kids. But if you're going there to get a nice romantic getaway with just you and your wife, you got (laughs) to keep that in mind. The other thing, only, you know, really other thing that I have bad about the values was the bus service. It, you know, you're, you got the three values there, the three all-stars, and they all share the same bus.
0: Yeah. Now we should clarify that because, um, I, Mark, I think you and I both have the experience of staying there, um, during off season and music, sports, and, uh, uh, movies all share buses during the slow season in the busy seasons in the summer and the, uh, And like the holiday time that gets busy around Christmas, um, the resorts, as I understand it, all have their own buses. So it's only in the off season that they they do share buses. But, you know, as long as we're talking value, that's when the biggest value is. And and bus sharing can be an issue. So Mark, did you want to talk a little bit about the the bus sharing issue?
1: Well, yeah, um, you know, you just you just got to keep that in mind that it's going to get packed, especially if you have a busier night. Um, the reason why it is a value is because it's further away from most of the parks as well. So you have a little bit of a longer bus ride is what it seemed like to us. Um, but, you know, and like we were talking earlier, if, if you're staying at the sports, that might be the one, the one bonus of the sport is that it's the first one to drop off. So when your kids are, you know, crashed out at night, you're going to be the first ones off the bus on the off the crowded buses. Um, if you're staying at the other two resorts, your kids are going to get woken up every time the doors open because they have to turn the lights on at night. So you know it's kind of rough on the kids. But other than that, I mean, it was a great resort, and I really like. I said we really enjoyed the values. Yeah, I know when we went. I think Pop Century was
3: on its own bus line, but Sports and Music shared. But it, it's during the busy seasons like that. It's when the man law of get up and let some lady or a tire kid have your seat really comes into play because those buses get packed.
0: Yeah. You know, we, we were crowded enough that that was an issue uh, on the buses, you know, even uh, during what was, you know, a very low season uh, this past week when, when we were there, Um, you know, we had overall crowd levels of ones and twos, but uh, you know, I was still standing up on the bus Pretty much every time, um, and uh, you know it's not a big deal. I don't, frankly, mind it much. Um, but uh, it was pretty crowded, and and you know, like I said, it was off season, so we were sharing buses, and and I think that's just a function of, of the way that works with the All Stars.
2: It's something that you uh, you should plan on if you're staying, uh, especially when you're in the off season, and and they're sharing the buses like that. Is you know. At, as the fireworks and all the shows and all that ends during the evening everybody rushes towards the bus and if you're sharing you know multiple resorts on one bus stop then that line is going to be incredibly huge. So instead of just running right out there and you know sitting in line for two hours maybe you can take the time uh, on the way out and with your kids, you know, go through the stores or look at some of the things you don't normally pay attention to and just try and, you know, pace yourself so you're not standing that whole time, you know, with everyone else.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And I think that one of the other things to think, to keep in mind about the All-Stars is that while you are in general going to have longer bus rides the all-star resorts are among the few that are in what is considered the animal kingdom uh, resort area Uh, it's the uh, all-stars coronado springs and uh, animal kingdom lodge so on your animal kingdom day uh, you actually probably have a shorter ride to the park and from the park than you do uh, from most other resorts uh, including many of the deluxes that are on the opposite side of the property um, and I, and I will say, um, you know, I, have heard people express concern about the quality of care that the, uh, all-stars receive. Uh, my experience with this past week was that the room was always, uh, kept, you know, well-kept and clean. Uh, we had no issues with mousekeeping at all. And, uh, here's, here's a tip if, if you, uh, which I didn't even realize we kind of discovered by accident, but, um, if you're like us and you've got young kids, so you take a break in the middle of the day. Um, if you go to the to the uh, front desk at the hotel and just let them know that, you know, you'll be coming back to take a nap and you'd like early housekeeping. House, early they'll put you on a list and to the extent possible, they'll clean your room early so that. You don't have mousekeeping coming in and knocking on the door or missing your normal mousekeeping when uh, you know you're there taking a nap. And the best part was once we had uh, mentioned that to the front desk a couple of times, they just automatically put us on that list, and we had early mousekeeping the entire rest of our trip. Uh, and it, that was really nice. Uh, we didn't once have an issue of you know a kid getting woken up from a nap or you know n- needing needing towels when they woke up or anything like that because the the uh, room had already been cleaned i I did want to take a minute here and talk about um mickey's not so scary halloween party the parties are are halloween celebrations but they start the parties in early september this year the first party was i believe uh september 13th and uh my family just got back from Walt Disney world. We went to the, um, not so scary Halloween party on, um, September 26th. So it was, you know, still kind of early in the season, but, um, not, not among the first parties. Um, And there were some, a number of things that were different about this year's Halloween Party, because I I know that we've reviewed the Halloween Party pretty thoroughly on a previous podcast, but uh, I just wanted to point out a few things that were different this year. Um, The first thing is that they've updated the Villains show again. Dr. Facilier takes the uh, sort of center role in the Villains Mix and Mingle stage show, and... Really does a nice job. I, I enjoyed it a lot, took a ton of pictures. Um, Dr. Facilier is, is a part of it. Uh, Maleficent, the Evil Queen, uh, the Queen of Hearts, and Captain Hook. I'm trying to think who else I'm leaving out. Oh, and, and um, Frollo was back this year. Um, last year, Frollo was replaced by Dr. Facilier. Uh, this, this year, Dr. Facilier was back and, uh, Frollo was back, but, uh, uh, who was missing? Jafar was missing from the stage show. Um, and I'm sorry, somebody did mention, yes, Corella uh, was still, Cruella DeVille was still part of the, the Mix and Mingle show. So, um, that was updated. It was a lot of fun. We liked that show a lot. Um, the, the other thing that was sort of a minor drawback, and I, I think it, it caused some people some heartburn, uh, especially at the earliest parties is that the treat trails are, I, I think I'll just say they're problematic. Um, if, if you remember when we talked about it last time, um, the biggest treat trail was one that ran through Toontown and had several candy stations along the trail. It was really the only place where there was an open space to do that. Well, with Toontown closed and the uh, construction going on for the Fantasyland expansion, um there really wasn't a place to put a long treat trail. And so they've tried to fix that by distributing the treat trails around the park more. Um, They set up a treat trail in uh, Frontierland that we didn't actually get around to to doing, but there was a new one over on that side of the park. And um, they kind of broke up a number of of smaller treat trails, particularly around Tomorrowland. Uh, because Fantasyland is kind of scrunched for space with the construction walls. Um, and, you know, we didn't do as much trick-or-treating this time as we did last time uh, because of that, partially. But uh, we found that the the you know, it was good candy they were handing out, brand name stuff, um, and they were very generous with it. Um, the, i by the 26th that they were still tinkering with locations um you know the uh, at one point we just sort of stumbled on a uh, uh, you know a, a treat trail station that you know a group of cast members just kind of you know set up in in tomorrowland and as we walked past uh, and saw that they were there we walked by and they they just said aha you found our secret treat trail. Um, so I, I think they're still tweaking it a little bit and, and tinkering with it, but, um, it's just a consequence of Toontown being closed. And I don't think there's anything they could have done about it. Um, the, uh, Buddha, you parade was terrific as usual. Um, there were a few things about the parade that, that, uh, seemed new at least. Uh, they might not have been, but they seemed new. Um, Christopher Robin was part of the parade, and I didn't remember whether he was part of it before. Uh, the Headless Horseman, of course, still rides. Um, and actually, I was a little bit surprised for our party because, you know, the, the Headless Horseman doesn't ride when it rains. And um, it had been drizzling at the beginning of the night for our party, and I was I was a little afraid that they weren't going to let him ride. But he did, in fact, ride. And... Um, so that it must have, you know, stopped in time. And I did, this was, this is a cool thing that we learned from a, a cast member because we were sitting right along the curb and uh, just on Main Street, just, just below the hub. And I, when a cast member was talking to everybody about getting their legs up off the curb because they're really, really uh, stringent about that before the Booty you parade, he was explaining that the reason for that is that the Headless Horseman costume has no eye holes. So the cast member on the horse is riding blind. Um, The horse is just going where he's trained to go. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, And so that's why they make sure everybody's feet are up because, you know, the horse can be off a little bit and if, you know, worse comes to worse, he'll kind of catch the curb, you know, and stay on track. But you get your legs out there and, you know, if the horse doesn't look down and see your legs, you're just going to get a nasty injury from a 2,000-pound horse stepping on you.
1: Who's the guy that said, I'll take that job? <laughs> Put a <laughs> blindfold on. Let me scream through, Di- through Disney. <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah. Somebody does it. Somebody does it, you know, two or three times a week from the beginning of September through the uh, end of October. Usually, even one into November.
3: Okay, I want to go. Biggest... I want to go back a couple episodes to my top ten questions of job I would not want to have.
0: Headless <laughs> horseman moved to the top yeah, of your list. <laughs> that, that got a bump. <laughs>
2: that's the guy that lost a bet.
0: Right. <laughs> um. So uh, uh, that was that was an interesting bit of trivia from the parade. Um, And, of course, the Hallowish's fireworks were terrific, and there's, again, I think that the the Hallowish's fireworks got a bit of a a plus-up themselves, because it appeared to me, at least, that they're using some of the projection technology that they brought in for the Magic Memories in You show, and they're doing some projections on the castle during the uh, Hallowish's fireworks, and you can kind of see them uh, in some of my pictures that that I, I posted on Facebook and that are up on my website. Um, I'll try and, and link to some of them in the show notes. But uh, you can you can see a little bit. It's hard to capture on on film, um, but you can see some of it. They don't run the the memories show during the Halloween party, uh, but we did catch it another night, and so we kind of you know I I, I recognized what the projections looked like because of that.
3: So sidebar question. What did you think of the Magic Memories and You Show?
0: Um, you know, it's, the technology of it is really cool. Um, we weren't in the best position to really get the most of it. We were watching from the, uh, the bridge between Tomorrowland and The Hub, um, because we'd been busy on rides and just kind of lost track of time, um, and got caught there. But, um... The technology is really breathtaking and um, it, was, it was definitely worth a watch, even though we couldn't make out the, the pictures on the castle so well because we were at you know, off to the side. Um, the, the projections on the castle itself and the way that it transforms the castle into almost an animated object in and of itself was really cool. Um, you know, there's a, a part near the end of the show where the castle is tran- essentially transformed into a rocket ship and takes off. Mm. Uh, and it's it's just really impressive.
3: I would definitely recommend seeing it if you get the chance.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I think it was definitely worth it.
3: Well, that's good enough, because I know I've seen pictures on you know Facebook and from other friends and seen some video on YouTube. I look at it and go, I don't get it. Yeah, it's, so.
0: it's one of those things that's really hard to convey, I think, in photograph or in video, because it is so much of a... It, the projections manage to turn what is being projected on the castle into a three-dimensional image that just doesn't translate well to flat photography or, or video even. Um there's almost texture to it. So yeah, it's definitely better in person. More impressive. Oh, cool, thanks. Um so anyway, you know, I I always kind of cringe when I, you know, drop the credit card down to to buy those uh Halloween party tickets cuz you know, I look at that and I'm like, hey, gee, we could have, you know, bought park hoppers for that. Um but uh, I think that, that, again, I'm happy that I did it. And, you know, it was the first thing my kids asked about when we said we were going back. They wanted to know if, if we were going to the Halloween party. And uh, as far as my son is concerned, you know, the, the Halloween party or the Halloween party is where we celebrate Halloween. Um, you know, it's, it's not Halloween unless we're at the, the uh, not-so-scary Halloween party in, in the Magic Kingdom.
1: So, Aaron, looking at the map, we have some friends that are going as Snow White and the uh, Evil Queen. Okay. Um, I, I'm looking at the map over by uh, Thunder Mountain, did they actually have a, a special meet and greet for the seven dwarves over there?
0: Um, they do. We didn't go over there to do it. Um, if, the, if they want pictures with the seven dwarves, I highly recommend that they get there early and get in line early. Um, because the, the most popular of those special meet and greets do back up and the lines form early and it does take some time to go through. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't worry about doing any of the special, you know, character meet and greets so much this time. Um, we primarily did the, uh, trick-or-treating and took advantage of, you know, literally no lines on rides i mean we 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 walked on to to space mountain um during the party and um you know also uh the the parade and the and the fireworks of course but uh <clears throat> You know, you could almost make an entire uh, not so scary Halloween party experience out of just meeting and having your picture taken with uh, unique uh, photo opportunities in the park for the Halloween party. Um, yeah, the Seven Dwarves were there all together. Um, Duffy in a Halloween in a pumpkin costume. Uh, Why? Yeah, I know. I, I suggested that maybe we needed to invite Billy Corrigan to the party. Um, but, uh, anyway, he was offered as a special meet and greet. Uh, what
2: exactly is a Duffy?
0: Yeah.
1: If you don't know, don't even. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's one of those questions, huh?
0: Well, the quick version or the quick answer is that Duffy is a character that comes from a Disney book that was released in Japan and Duffy is a teddy bear that was given to Mickey by Minnie when he was going on a trip. And he became a big hit in Japan. And as soon as he became a big hit in Japan, Disney said, ooh, marketing opportunity. Um, and so they, they've introduced Duffy to Epcot as this uh, sort of a almost a Build-A-Bear kind of thing because you can buy Duffy in... Outfits from all of the countries of World Showcase, and you know Duffy is is marketed pretty heavily all throughout Epcot, um, which only adds to the disconnect of him showing up in the Magic Kingdom in a costume. But anyway,
1: so he kind of went up like Disney's
0: fireworks, just phew, boom, done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so anyway so that uh, look duffy is is was an attempt by disney to, to kind of capitalize on this character that had you know gotten popular unexpectedly um at least internationally and then to to try and capitalize on it in the in-world showcase and you know it's an interesting concept i mean i could see a kid wanting to collect duffy bears instead of pins or vinylmation or something like that and, and from that perspective you know it can't be any more expensive um in the long run but um i don't know i'm not a big fan of of manufactured characters there are plenty of real disney characters that uh don't get the attention that they deserve in the parks but that's my soapbox Okay. Uh, all right so um and overall like i said you know there's no question it, it's worth the money um we loved it and uh you know so we we've only been home a week and my kids are already asking if we're going to the halloween party next year
1: so we we went once a couple of years ago and we're definitely doing it again this year i'm going as a han solo albeit a tired, fatter Han Solo, but still Han Solo.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and I will add that that there are a lot, plenty of adults who dress up for the party. Um, it, it's it's a fun fun event, and uh, it's fun to see all the, the adults in costume, as well as the kids. Um, so getting back to the primary topic of, of this episode, um, let's talk a little bit more about Pop Century. Um, I know that... Uh, at least two of our panel members have. All three of you stayed at Pop.
2: I think so. I have. I know uh, Mark.
0: Okay. Mark has. So every. Uh, Eve. Yep. So everybody but yep. me has has stayed at Pop. The big difference between uh, the Pop Century Resort and the All Stars is that the All Stars are three separate facilities, um, each having their own uh, food court and their own. Um, you know, one bus stop and uh, then several buildings with each of those uh, re- you know, resort complexes, um, but it's, it's all kind of split into three. Pop is a singular resort with one big food court that serves the entire resort. Um, well, why don't you guys tell me some more about what's different about Pop Century as compared to the All-Stars?
2: The, uh, the way the, the pop is set up is that it's broken it down basically by decades. So, you know, with the movies, you have, you know, like we were saying, you in a toy story, Fantasia or whatever, you have, you know, the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties and whatever was predominant during that time, you know, you have the Rubik's cube uh, stairwells going up, you know, from one level to the other. There's, you know, you just walk out from the parking lot and you see this huge Rubik's cube. And of course, you know, Nowadays, kids don't realize what that is. But for us older people, we're like, hey, I remember that. And, or you see uh, bowling pins or uh, jukeboxes, things like that. It's uh, very well done.
0: Okay, so the, the the theme is really kind of a timeline at Pop Century. And uh, those icons, instead of being like musical instruments or movie characters or sports uh, equipment... Are instead items from popular culture from all of those times. Um, what else about the the resort is is different from the way the All Stars are set up?
1: I think uh, you know they have hey, they have their own bus. You gotta like that. <laughs> but <laughs> we like uh, we stayed in the Duncan Yo Yo rooms. I don't know what century that was, but um, it it again it's you know it's brightly colored everything's huge um, and yeah I agree I mean they had a Walkman you know big Walkman there kids aren't going to know what that is these days um, not with the mp3 players and all that stuff um, but it does have you know things like Lady and the Tramp and um, you know Mr. and Miss Potato Head of course and the pools there are really neat as well um, they, they have the, the big flower shaped one right at the main pool I think it's called like the hippy dippy pool or something like that, and then they have a bowling, uh, bowling pin shaped one, and then there was another one, I think it was a computer or something like that.
3: Yeah, it's a big computer
1: keyboard. Big computer keyboard, yeah. Um, Then they have like a huge foosball place as well that they have like life-size, you know, foosball characters. So it was really neat though, but it's it's close to a lot of. you know like Epcot and Hollywood Studios it's closer to those as well and my wife and I the reason we stayed there was because again it was a value we went by ourselves and stayed there um and we were doing kind of the commando style just me and her you know we didn't have the kids so it was just kind of a place to lay our heads and you know crash at night uh but it was a lot closer than the other values so that's the reason why we picked that one that time
0: Okay, and, and we should say that, um, or should note that the, um, you know, Pop Century and the All-Stars are, are both considered value resorts. Generally speaking, most of the time you'll pay about a $10 a night premium for uh, Pop Century versus the All-Stars. And that's that's just purely a function of, uh, you know, the, the popularity of the resort at this point um I think pop is a little bit newer and uh, so it's a it sells out a little faster and as a result you know Disney charges the pr- price premium they can get.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean they they do fill up quick just like all the values do.
3: I think one of the other differences is at pop you there's a you know, like a bare terms of trail that goes around the resort. And every so many yards, they've got a sign that says, okay, at this mark in time, you know, there's first man on the moon on this date. And you go a little further down, it says, on this day, this happened. So it kind of walks you through milestones within within the years as you go around the outside of resort.
0: Okay, so that the trail is almost like a, a timeline trail.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's something that, you know, mom and dad can reminisce on and the kids go, wow, really? <laughs> you saw that?
0: Now, one thing that I was concerned about when I was looking at the at Pop is, it, it struck me as as a potential concern at least that you've got a singular resort that is you know significantly larger than any of the one any one of the all star resorts, and it's served by a single food court, uh, a single uh, store. Did any of you ever have any issues with that being just, you know, overly crowded or, or too big to maneuver around or anything like that?
3: We never really had a problem with the crowds. But the one thing is, is if you get a chance to request a a area or one of the sections or one of the years when you make reservations, get close to the food court. Because you know what, when you're hungry and you got a refillable mug, if you're at the back end of the, of the resort, you've got a long hike up and a long hike back. And especially if you got a refillable mug, you got to walk all the way up, get your drink, get your meal. Then if you don't want to take that mug to the parks, you got to walk all the way back to your room and then all the way back up to, well, it's not community hall, but basically the, the front desk because that's where the ba- the bus stop is. And after a day in the parks, you got to walk all the way back. So where the other all-stars are spread out, I don't know if you want to say horizontally or latitudely, the Pop is is more vertical or longitude. it's it's deep instead of wide. if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that does make sense. that that I think helps put things in context a little bit. Does anybody else have anything they want to add about uh, Pop century?
1: Well, when we were there, we were looking at you know all the different rooms and stuff, and we noticed that there was a bridge in the back of it. And we kept asking it, you know where the bridge led to. Oh, it doesn't lead to anything, but I think (laughs) it does lead, however, to a next topic. I think we're going to talk about.
0: I was going to say that's a perfect transition uh, as we go to, uh, you know, crossing that bridge. And basically, as I mentioned earlier, Pop Century was built uh, after the All-Star resorts were. And the, the portion of the resort that is currently used and is called Pop Century was really phase one of the Pop Century project. Uh, the original project had an, a, a second, essentially, mirror image of the, the Pop Century resort that now exists uh, that was to be called the Legendary Years and uh, would have covered earlier decades of uh, the 1900s. And because the uh, it it really hadn't hadn't gotten much construction done when uh, major recession hit they stopped building. they couldn't they decided they couldn't fill it and it sat pretty much dead um you know for years people complained uh, about staying on the the backside there of pop century because if you could look across the bridge and see you know what looked like an abandoned construction zone because guess what it was an abandoned construction zone um but just this last year disney announced that they were ready to do something with the uh with that property and rather than go ahead and develop the legendary years they decided to capitalize on the success of the family suites that they had built in uh, or that they that they kind of retrofitted into uh, the all-star music resort and decided to build primarily um, family suite value resorts Um, that they are calling the Art of Animation, Um, and we wanted to kind of give a little bit of a preview of Art of Animation, um, what's coming, because those rooms have come uh, uh, available for booking, Um, they should be available for people to be staying in about a year from now, and um, so anybody have uh, anything they wanted to mention about art of animation I don't want to go into too much detail because obviously none of them none of us have stayed in them yet we've seen some you know artist renderings and pictures and that and the like but uh, anybody have any anything that they want to say in particular
2: yeah Aaron the uh, in the art of animation it's supposed to be a blend of, of suites and the regular family rooms right
0: right um, according to the information that Disney's released um, there, there are essentially going to be four buildings. Uh, there's a Cars building, a Finding Nemo building, a Lion King building, and a Little Mermaid building. And uh, all in all, told they're building almost 2,000 new hotel rooms. It's um, so 1,980 rooms, um, 1,120 of those. So, a significant proportion. Are going to be family suites that can house up to six people, and are modeled similarly to, but a little bit different from the current family suites in um, All Star Music. I, I think that they've been they've refined a little bit because they're not retrofitted; they're designed from the beginning to be family suites. Um, and then so, you know, 1,120 family suites, 864 having the, essentially the same standard uh, value layout that, that we see at, at the All-Star Resort or the Pop Century Resort. Thanks.
1: And it's showing from the website, it's showing that the family suites are scheduled to start opening up in May of next year, and the standard rooms aren't supposed to open up until December of next year. And from all the, the renditions that I've seen in the aerial photos, this place look like it's going to be over the top um, with the designs and, and everything that they're doing to them. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, I, I really have been impressed uh, with what I've seen both of the, you know, the outside is it, it's going to be similar oversized icon type. Uh, designs that that we see in in Pop Century and at the All-Stars, but uh, frankly the interior designing seemed to me to be um, much richer than what we've seen at the other All-Stars so far. But, you know, that may just be because they're artist renderings. We'll see when they're actually built. Okay. Does anybody have any other comments or questions about art of animation? Um, you know, I, there's a lot of buzz about them. People are really excited about it. Um, it's, it's I think, a much needed addition to the stable of options at, at Walt Disney World. I know that we had a lot of families of, of, you know, with five and six family members who were really struggling because for them, the only real option on property was a deluxe resort. Um, and, you know... They just couldn't afford it. Uh, And so it opens up the on-property opportunity for a lot of people who otherwise would have been in a real bind. I mean, you know, not everybody for logistical reasons can do two rooms. Um,
1: You know, when we go, we always bring my mother-in-law and that puts us at six people. So it's always, you know, it's either two rooms at a value, you know, connecting rooms. Or the last time we went, we did two rooms at a moderate at Port Orleans Riverside and we, we couldn't get an adjoining room so you know they were three or four doors down from us but still it's kind of an inconvenience so this is really going to be you know for the bigger families this is going to be a great option because like I said the only other option like you're talking was uh, a deluxe to fit everybody in one room
0: Yeah. Now, one of the things that that will be interesting, too, will be to see how the the pricing shakes out, Uh, you know, once the initial uh, excitement about a new resort kind of dies down a little bit. Um, You know, I I expect that when all said and done, you know, a family suite at Art of Animation is probably going to come in as slightly more expensive than one moderate room. just based on the, the pricing we've seen released so far. Uh, so, you know, I, I suspect some people are going to complain about that at first, but you got to realize that what you're getting is essentially a room and a half.
1: Right. Yeah. Price out two rooms and see what you get at a value.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and I, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if the, the family suites come out slightly more expensive than two regular value rooms. Um, Cause you're paying for that, that, unique design and, and, you know, some additional amenities that are available in the family suites as compared to the regular rooms. Um, you know, the family suites all have the, the refrigerator in the room. They've got sort of a living room area that just doesn't exist, even if you have, uh, you know, two regular hotel rooms. Uh, like we've all said, I, I think it's ex- going to be an exciting option and uh, adds something new to the uh, stable of, of hotel properties uh, at, at Disney World. Um, again, this is the first of a, a multi-part series of episodes that we'll be spacing over the next several months. We're going to try and, and get substantive reviews of all of the resort properties. And uh, we'd love to hear your comments as well. You can email us at podcast at Visit our website disdads.com tweet us at disdads podcast on twitter participate in the discussions in the disdads sub forum of the disney for families forum at the disboards.com but uh any way you reach out to us we'd love to hear from you and thank you for listening until next time this is aaron ripmaster mark pratt matt birchfield and steve bratton see you real soon
1: This has been a Wizard of
2: Oz production.